Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Opening. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is Randy Konefka. And Randy is going to talk about the mayor's race in Albany. Randy is from Cahollis, but he's a uh, political consultant, and he had a, a little bit to do with with um, what went on um, in in Albany this past uh, primary season. So, Randy, your overall thoughts? Well. Uh... I guess well full disclosure right to your to your listeners I did I did briefly consult with um, Reverend Faust and um, you know I found her to be very genuine I found her to be very uh, caring and I found her to be somebody that was looking to make change in her community um, unfortunately in politics, it takes a lot more than that to unseat a incumbent mayor uh, in any city, you know, whether it be you know, Albany, whether it be uh, wherever. Uh, I was surprised of of how well the Reverend actually did. I think what was it, thirty five percent of the vote? I, I I don't know what the final. Do you know what the final number was? It's something like that. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's, you know, people may say, well, 35%, but, you know, that's, <laughs> that's not, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a decent showing for, you know, the resources that an insurgent, you know, candidate, and, and not only that, and I think it, you, we have to say that Reverend Faust uh, had, you know, some personal tragedies, Um over the last, you know, couple months during her campaign, that would have halted, you know, anybody's campaign, right? Um, and actually, well, I can say this because I think she's been public. She, you know, she lost her daughter. She lost her mom. Um, there were mm-hmm. some issues with her son uh, mm-hmm. criminally. So, you know, that's a lot. You know, that's a lot to overcome for, for anybody, uh, let alone somebody running from, uh, you know, trying to unseat. Know, an incumbent. So, I, you know, I think I think she did very well. <clears throat> I think she was somebody who really cared. I think, you know, had maybe she had some better organization, uh, and this is not to blame anybody, uh, you know, a, a little better organization uh, in the beginning. Um, you know, there may have been uh, an opportunity there. There may have been an opportunity there. Um, she, of course, was the underdog. Sure. But, but, but um, Kathy, Kathy, I think, scared off uh, potential candidates with the amount of money she could have spent. What do you think? Well, Kathy, uh, Mayor Sheen, uh, yeah, she, she could she could self fund any amount of money she she needs i mean that's you know that's we knew that i think i forget how she i forget how much she spent on the last election but it was hundreds of thousands of dollars i think a lot of which mm-hmm. was her own money and that's her right to do right that's her right to do um she is a, a she is a successful woman a smart woman uh and that's you know i don't hold that against anybody you know she 
she became a lawyer. She did well uh, in business, I guess. I'm not that familiar with her biography. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she's a very nice lady. But the problem with Kathy Sheehan and people like Kathy Sheehan is they're not cut out for cities like Albany. You know, she'd be perfect for to be mayor of, like, you know, Burlington, Vermont, or, you know, Ithaca, New York, where she can, you know, plant her bike trails and plant her, you know, parks and all the, the lovely stuff that she's probably very good at doing. But Albany is far too violent. It is far too difficult to manage a way that she is just not willing to manage. And we're seeing it now unfold on the streets of the city of Albany. The, the, the violence, the, Cynthia, the outright lawlessness. I, I don't know how else to, you know, I'm, I'm throughout Albany every day. And it is lawlessness, whether it's the street shootings, the, the marauding gangs of dirt bikes that, that come and take over the streets, the, 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 the people on the streets, you know, begging for money, which, and again, I, you know, this is, you know, there, but by the grace of God go I, but Cynthia, right. you know, you, you have to get these people off the streets. If these people are in crisis, then you have to help them. You have to get them to the mission. You have to get them to a facility. You cannot have people uh, on your streets, uh, uh, addict riddled, you know, God only knows coming up to cars, you know, and this is what people, this is their first impression of the city. Are these, are these poor souls that the city allows some of them in the middle of the street, uh, you have one gentleman who's who stands in the middle of Everett Road. I I myself almost hit him. Uh, if you turn on to Central to Everett, and they're in the street, they're in the roads, they're walking through the streets, they're coming up to cars, you know, no masks, scaring people, um, and you have to deal with it, uh, Cynthia. You have to deal with it. And now, who do we see dealing with it? We see Sheriff Apple uh, employing the broken window theory, pulling cars over. Uh, doing the scoff laws and then finding out, oh, geez, guess what? The car that doesn't have the license plate uh, is full with drugs and guns. Wow, who would have ever thought, right? So, <laughs> so right. So, mm-hmm. this, but this is policing, and this is what you need to do. Uh, she is not willing to do it. She unfortunately has, although I think because you know, if you remember. I think she made a Freudian slip a while back when she compared the BLM protesters who were camped out uh, member on Arch Street and she compared them to the to the quote insurrectionists you know from the Capitol and she slipped because I think at the end of the day she is a rational woman she understands that you need law and order she doesn't want you know people camped out causing havoc in the street (laughs) she she understands that Cynthia but unfortunately Mm -hmm. she's taken the political road of the woke you know, kind of far, I, I don't know, a neoliberal, I don't know what the word, I call it neoliberal, a woke uh, political, you know, ideology of just total subservience to a very small group of extreme, radical, anarchist, communist people who want to come in and destroy civil society, Right. And so Kathy Sheen is one, like many, who will bow down to these people, right, who will, wow, 
you know, no, you don't bow down. But she bows down. So that's the political road she's taken. Maybe, you know, it's, she figures it's going to lead her to a seat in the United States Senate. Um, maybe she thinks it's going to lead her to a seat in, uh, uh, I don't know where, you know, who knows, in a, in mm-hmm. a cabinet, in a presidential cabinet, um, you know, the governor's office. I mean, who knows? But that's that's the political track she's on. And the city is suffering for it. The city is suffering for it. But at the same time, there's many cities across the nation that are in the same boat that um, yeah. Albany is in. And, and what do they all New have York. in common? And what do they all have in common? What's the common denominator? Whether it's Lori Lightfoot, right? Whether it's Bill de Blasio, whether it's – these are extreme – these are people who have bowed down to the extremists, right? Uh, right? In all, in all these places, and it's not every city, really. It's only these cities that have mayors who have bowed down to the neoliberal woke extremists that their only goal is to bring down, destroy our civil society, Cynthia. They, they want it torn down. They want it to be built anew. Um, this is what they want. This is their goal. They will use racism. They will use any sort of, you know, philosophical argument. But this is what they want. Make no mistake about it. They want they want our civil society brought collapsed and rebuilt the way they they want to see it. So yeah, all these other cities. That's true. Uh, you know, in Los Angeles, you have um, uh, Garcetti. You know, another just horrible. You know horrible mayor who's who you know who's letting a great city i mean look at the homelessness the crisis in los angeles what is he doing about that you know so so yeah it's it is all a lot of cities but uh, all these cities have one common denominator don't you think that the problems are so vast that the majority of people who would like to run for office couldn't possibly dream of solving them rather than saying, oh, oh, it's because, you know, they're too far to the left. Well, I think think a lot of, I think, look, I think at the end of the day, you know, good, honest, successful people, they don't want anything to do with politics and deservedly so. you know, it's it's a dirty game. It's a nasty game. They don't want to be in the public light. They don't want to face, you know, they don't want all their dirty laundry and skeletons exposed. They don't want to put their families through it. So, you know, Cynthia, I get it. It, it takes a really kind of either a total narcissistic egomaniac to run for office, and a lot of us are. <laughs> Make no mistake about it, you know, uh, you know, or somebody who's just willing to kind of sacrifice their um, their privacy, right? Because um, they're really and now with social media, there is no, you know, you got people attacking you on social media, um, you know. So there's no escape, you know. There's no escape now from the ire of of the public. So 
and a lot of people don't want to deal with raising money. Um, they just don't want to deal with it. So I don't know if, if it's because that the challenges are too great. I just think that, that the politics is so toxic that most people, most good, decent, successful, smart people would, will never be involved in politics. And you know what? Probably deservedly so. Then at the same time, the the problems are going to get worse and worse and worse for the communities in which they live. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, we. I don't think we've even seen. I I think that unless you know we have some some real change in the next couple of years, um, you know at whatever level and I don't and I don't even know. But but these cities have descended into into the depths of hell, some of them. I mean people are fleeing the cities. People are fleeing New York City. People are fleeing Los Angeles. Uh people are fleeing Albany. Uh they are heading for the hills, Cynthia. And the hills <laughs> are Florida <laughs> okay, Texas. Oh boy. Uh but the, but you know and 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 I don't mean to be partisan and I and you know but but I I can't argue that because these are places that seem to have a head on their shoulders that they do things in in a way that makes sense that is logical that says hey you know you, you can't have anything without law and order you you can have nothing if you don't have law and order on your streets what do you have you don't have anything. So people are saying, enough of this. You know, we're out of here. And you know what, Cynthia? A lot of them are liberal Democrats. They're out of here. They're not staying in the cities. They're getting the hell out. They're getting the hell out. It's not just Republicans who are, you know, who do you think all these people are leaving New York City, leaving Los Angeles? These are all liberal people. <laughs> don't you think, too, that a lot of times, a person will run for office not for the right reasons. In other words, they're they're in it to benefit themselves rather than the community. Well, you know, altruism is a very difficult thing to you know you know why do we do things for people? Do, do we do them? You know, if, if Cynthia, if I you know, you know, if you were sick and I brought you chicken soup, do I do that because? You know, that's going to make me feel good, right? Oh, I did something good. So so why do we do things? You know, that's that's a philosophical argument that we can debate, you know, for you know, for hours and hours and hours. I think I think there are some that run for office because they do want to make effect positive change. I, I think that's true. I I know some of them. However, I also know some of them that that had that mindset in the beginning. But once they got into the office, once they became, you know, elected officials, ooh, they changed, boy. They changed. Politics changes you. It can change you. And I've seen it change people. I've seen it. Um, so you can have those good motivations starting out, but then you, you get a little taste of power. You get a little taste of the of the spotlight, and it's like, oh, I like this. Oh, I want to, geez, I want to stay in this position, or I want a, a better position. I want to. Oh, I was mayor. I'm mayor, but oh, I want to be a senator, right? Oh, I want to be the senator. I want to be, and then you just, you, it's just, you just want more and more and more power, and it's never enough, right? So, I've seen it both ways. 
Um, and then you have, I think, the few who are in office who stay in the offices that they get elected in, and they do the work. You know, they try to do the best uh, for their constituents. Um, so you, so there are, you know, there are all kinds. You know, I, I recently read that. Dennis Kucinich is going to try again to run for mayor of Cincinnati. Um, He was mayor a number of years ago. Then he became a congressperson and he ran for president. And most people uh, perceive him as a decent guy. Well, I guess the powers that be in maybe Washington don't want a decent guy. So, well, they don't want uh, people like Kucinich. Well, now Cincinnati, I believe, elected Jerry Springer, so I guess anything is possible in the city of Cincinnati. But no, and, and, and Cynthia, they don't want. And I do think Dennis, you know, remembering his campaigns, he was a little, you know, he was out there, but he he he, you know, he was an, uh, he wanted to upset the status quo. The same with uh, mm-hmm. Bernie. You know, look at Bernie, right? And I think by all accounts. I think even people on the right, even Trump would, you know, kind of say, hey, you know, Bernie, look what they did to Bernie. You know, Bernie right. is, you know, by all accounts, a good and decent man, right? I, I can't, you know, there's not much negative that's ever been, that's ever been brought out about Bernie. Maybe the thing mm-hmm. with the with his wife at the school or some nonsense, but, you know, outside of that, I mean, here's a guy who's been fighting and speaking out for what he believes in for, you know, 30, 40 years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, starting in Burlington and, and then, and then on, on the biggest stage in the political world. And look what they did to him, uh, Cynthia. But why did they do it? Because he called out not only the, the right, but he called out the establishment on the left, right? The Clinton establishment, the Wall Street establishment, the Washington establishment, and Cynthia, I've said this before, the Trump and Bernie revolutions, I believe, were rooted in the same matter, in the same mm-hmm. substance of mm-hmm. anti-establishment, right, uh, anti-free trade, anti-globalism, right, Main Street, not Wall Street, and the end to the uh, neoconservative, endless war stuff foreign policy that we've been engaged in right for the last 20 years. And now all those things Bernie and Trump campaigned on. Now they obviously two different people and they, and they, they did diverge obviously in in policy, but in that core, it was rooted in the same, right? It was rooted in the same. And so the establishment, whether it's from the Republican establishment or the democratic establishment, They don't want people like Bernie. They don't want people like, dare I say, Trump, right? (laughs) They 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 don't they don't want. um, And I'm not a Trumper by any stretch, but I mean, here was a guy that came in and upset the status quo on all the sides, on all the sides. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you know. Uh, Kathy was elected in 2013, and every cycle, her margin of victory becomes smaller and smaller. And this time around, it was pretty, pretty bad. So 
when when the populace loses confidence in their elected officials and the elected officials keep staying, what do you say about that? Well, what I say is, I mean, in terms of Kathy, because this isn't true for all incumbents. You can't just say, well, after a while, people get tired. Yeah, that's true to a degree, but that's not always true. Uh, people really didn't tire of Jerry Jennings, um, and I don't know, you know, those margins for when he was challenged or, you know, but, you know, people didn't tire of Jerry. You know, people didn't tire of Ted Kennedy. People didn't, you know, you, you, so that's not a, that's not the, that's not an argument that is always applicable, right? Well, you know, now it was applicable for people like Mario Cuomo, right? Who after three terms, um, for whatever the reason, people were just kind of tired of him and elected a nobody from Peekskill, New York, by the name of George Pataki, if you remember, right? right? So I think it depends on the, the political climate. It depends on the economics, right? It depends on the person and the personality. You know, Kathy is what I call a cold fish in politics, right? She is not walking into a room and lighting up the room. Now, Jerry would walk into the room and he would, if he came up to you, and he put he put his hand on your shoulder and he says, "Hey, babe." Now he wouldn't know you from Adam, but he mm-hmm. would make you feel that he's known you his whole life, and that you're important and you mean something. And he looked in the eye and says, "How you doing, babe?" Right? Mm-hmm. How you doing, babe? What's up, babe? Mm-hmm. You know, what's up, bud? And, and and that now we could say, well, that's phony, but it's not. It's not phony. Now he didn't know who you were. He didn't know who you were. But it, but right. but Cynthia, but but he made you feel like he did. Kathy will walk into a room and you know, you know, stand in a corner with you know people that she's comfortable with, right? Right. She she's not mm-hmm. gonna go in and light up a room, and people are not gonna want to you know go up to her and talk to her. And that's and that's oh, it doesn't make her a bad person. It it doesn't make her a bad person. But in politics, it's what it's what I call a cold fish. Um, and sometimes, you know, cold fish, cold fishes, you know, are able to, you know, stay in the water. <laughs> They're able to stay in the water. Um, that's just how it works. Hmm. That That's pretty interesting. Um, you know, I find, uh, let's look at Lake Tahoe's where, where you guys where you yeah. live and may uh mayor morse uh yes not a cold not a goldfish he was a back slapper he was a backslapper light up a room kissing babies right. i mean oh yeah the whole the whole nine. Oh yeah a tremendous cynthia i've said it i've always said a tremendous raw political talent tremendous it's stuff that you can't learn it's stuff that you can't you just you just have it and he he had it has it Right, right. And, you know, what you just said is, I think, very interesting. You can't learn it. And somebody who's Somebody who's an introvert, why would they want to be a mayor? Because they like the policy. Yeah, because they like the policy. Their policy wants. They 
right? They, they, they budgets and they like to get into all this stuff. And that's a big part of it, right? You do have to know the policy. You do have to know the budgets. You do have to know legislation. Um, but it's also, it's, it's more than that, right? It's, 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 you know, what, what, what's, you know, politics comes from, you know, Erasmus Corning used to say, he says, you know, they call me a politician, politician, politicians, a bad word. He says, I don't think it's a bad word because politics, polis, the Greek, right, of the people, the polis, the people, right? right? So, you know, it's like, hey, this is not a bad thing. This is, but it's, but it has to be about the people. You know, you can't just sit in an office and, and sit with your group of, you know, sycophants and, and do that. No, you have to get out there. You have to be, you know, you you have to be among the people. And a lot of these cold fishes, they just have a hard time doing that. They don't want to do it. We have an co-host. We have a mayor who is nowhere, is nowhere. He, he has no interest in being around people. Um, you know, that's just how it is. So if that's the case, that that's a good example. Why would he, why did he even attempt to run for mayor? Is I don't know. I think because- I, well, I think he was bored. I think he got bored. I think he was retired. He was a young guy. I don't even think he's 60 yet. He retired from the state police. He was building his house. He finished building his house. I think some people got in his ear and talked talked to him. You know, and he said, oh, yeah, I could do that. But I do. I think it was – I think he was bored. I think he probably legitimately didn't think Sean was a good mayor or an honorable man. Um and said, oh, okay, well, I can, well, I can do this. I'm sure, you know, he wanted to, you know, secure things for his family who were on the payroll and, and for himself. And as far as, you know, a salary, I mean, the guy makes mm-hmm. close to $200,000 a year. You know, he's a double dipper of the highest order. You know, he's retired. He has his pension. And, oh, hey, that you earned your pension. Nobody's taking that away. But then he's making another eighty thousand dollars off this, off this taxpayers of the city. And and he doesn't even come to work every day. You know, eighty thousand wow. dollars a year cashes his checks. But he, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's just totally MIA now. Yeah, people are gonna say, "Oh, well, Randy, you're upset, and he didn't give you the job." Well, yeah, maybe I'm upset. I, you know, probably deserved and earned a position. But but that being said, uh, it's not just me, you know, that that realizes that this guy unfortunately has turned out to be somebody who really doesn't care about the people, you want to talk about the people, he seems to only want to care about himself and his family. And that's fine for, and that's how it should be, Cynthia, for anybody else, right? Because at the end of the day, who do you, you know, if you've got a family, well, who do you care about? You care about your family. You do for your family. Mm-hmm. That's that's a thousand percent correct, except, mm-hmm. except when you are an elected official representing a constituency. It's the only time where that actually not only doesn't apply, but should never apply. Where mm-hmm. you have to, you have to alter your priority to say, okay, yeah, my family obviously, but I'm not in politics to benefit my family or to benefit mm-hmm. myself. Now there may be benefits to a degree, whether it is a paycheck or whether it is, you know, whatever. But that has to be totally secondary, right? That has to be completely secondary. Right. Randy, we are out of time. So 
You've been listening to Randy Tineska. I'm Cynthia Pooler. And I want to make a public service announcement. On July 10th, between the hours of 11 and 3, I'll be raising uh, money for WCAA to keep them operating smoothly. I'm doing a can and bottle drive on the corner of Madison and Swan. So if you have cans and bottles that you'd like to donate to the station, please do so. Randy, thank you for being on Focus on Albany, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day.